0: If you had to guess, where do you think that Billy Graham said the greatest mission field in America truly is? Here's another question. If you look at Leviticus 14, we're not going to read the chapter, but dozens of verses of Leviticus 14 talk about mold. And you might have heard people discussing this on maybe National Geographic or some pundits mention chapters like Leviticus 14 to suggest somehow that the Bible is irrelevant. Why does the Bible spend so much time talking about mold? Here's another popular verse people quote when they want to proclaim somehow that the Bible doesn't speak to today, Leviticus 19.19. Do not mate two different kinds of animals. Do not plant your field with two kinds of seeds. Do not wear clothing woven of two kinds of material. Is the Bible really concerned about crops being mixed together or mixing cotton and wool? Is it really something out of touch with today? Or as we will see, it speaks exactly to what Billy Graham says is the greatest mission field today in America. A familiar part of the whole story around jesus trial takes place matthew 27 verse 15 where we are told this at the feast the governor pilate was accustomed to release into the multitude one prisoner whom they wished at that time they had a notorious prisoner called barabbas barabbas one of the most famous bad guys so to speak in all of history and you may not know What his background truly is, we'll see it here in just a moment. His name, though, we can kind of figure out what it means. We also know from Greek studies, but just looking at the New Testament, for instance, look at Romans 8.15, where Paul says we call the Father God Abba. Well, Barabbas is Bar Abba. When Paul uses that term Abba, it's another term for Father. Barabbas means son of the Father. The question for him, though... Same question for us, is son of which father truly in life? Back to Matthew 27, the next verse says, When they gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, the one who is called the Christ? Barabbas or Jesus, who is the one called the Christ? We enjoy having special music here and often that special music, is somebody from the community and there's a particular website in the Northeast Ohio area that advertises musicians and one that showed up a few months ago that we hired from that place. She came in and she sat down and immediately got out her phone and started to play on her phone while the announcements were going. I thought maybe she was contacting somebody that she needed a last-minute message to go to. Then we stood up to begin the first hymn, and she stood up, and sure enough, she continued scrolling on her phone, did not sing along. Then we did the ties and offerings, same thing. I invited her up to do her special music. She did very well, certainly talented, and then she sat down, and as we read Scripture, she immediately was back on her phone, and I stopped, and I watched, and I thought, I actually feel sorry for this person. You see, because it's the same choice facing her that faces you and me that the crowds were wrestling with. Moment to moment, there is the choice. Who do you choose? Barabbas, which is self and sin, or Jesus, the one who is called the Christ? You see, and for this person, she sat here and missed an opportunity to worship To allow the living word to speak to her heart and she spent the entire service as a guest simply scrolling through her phone ignoring anything about the truth that was taking place right before her going back to what david said what did he talk about when it came to his own life his own worship he said i will not offer anything to god that doesn't cost me something he said worship commitment should be costly not just our time but our hearts sacrifice choices where it comes up day to day whom do you choose barabbas or jesus the one they call the christ so what was billy graham talking about he said this the church is the greatest mission field in america He was speaking to the very picture of how many people show up on a Sunday morning with no interest in spiritual truth, with no thought for Christ, only seeking self. And all across the country, people going through the Easter, Lenten, yearly walk there before them, And there's that choice. Whom do you choose? Barabbas or Jesus, the one that they call the Christ? Chuck Colson shared that this was his favorite story. Chuck Colson, the right-hand man of President Nixon, he went to prison for Watergate. On the right side of the screen, you'll see John Eckert, who founded Eckert Drugs. When Chuck Colson was sent into prison, he started to look for light in the darkness and he gave his life to Christ. His critics said, he's just pretending, so the judge will be lenient. But Chuck Colson was not pretending. There, when he had reached the bottom, he turned and Christ rescued him out of the darkness and he found new life. And there in prison, he became an evangelist. And once he was released from prison, he started a worldwide outreach to prisons. To bring the gospel into prisons. To see reform in prisons where the the men and women incarcerated were treated more humanely. He would go on TV and talk about the need for some of this change. And one day John Eckert in Florida saw him on TV and called and said, would you come to Florida, talk to some of our people about the need for reform in the prison system, in the justice system. And Chuck Colson flew down. And he and John Eckerd would fly from city to city and he would talk about changes that would be helpful in the prison system. And while they were on the plane, he said John Eckerd would ask him about this faith that now Chuck Colson embraced and he wrote about in a book called Born Again. And Chuck Colson said he started to introduce me like this at the events. He would say, this is Chuck Colson. He is born again. I am not. I wish I were back on the plane, more discussions, the next town, this is Chuck Colson. He's born again. I am not. I wish I were. When they parted ways after several weeks, they stayed in contact on a regular basis. And over the next year would talk often about faith. And Chuck Colson would send him books about the life of Christ. And after a year, Chuck Colson on the phone said to John Eckerd, listen, we've been talking about this for a long time. Do you believe that Jesus died and rose again? And John Eckerd said, I do. And Chuck Colson said, then you are a believer. And John Eckerd said, that's all I have to do is just believe. And he said, yes. And he said, that's amazing. You'll see though, their story is far from over. Back to Matthew 27, the next verse tells us Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat. His wife sent to him saying, have nothing to do with that just man. I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. Pilate's wife is lost to history. We don't know what happened to her. What we know from this moment is she tells Pilate she has suffered many things, an internal wrestling match because of a dream she had about Jesus. And so it is for John Eckert, for Chuck Colson, for you and me, that there becomes that internal struggle. That Christ makes us uncomfortable about who we used to be because he's calling us to be who he wants us to truly be. There's a fascinating parable from Spain about a king that is going to visit a particular village. The villagers are excited. It has been a thousand years since a member of the royal family had visited this village. The people, though, are very poor and they say, What can we give as a gift to the king? One thing they knew how to do was make wine. They said to each other, You make a small amount of wine. I'll make a small amount. Each of us make a small amount. We can combine then what we make and put it in a large vat and make a gift to the king of our finest wine. The people say, excellent idea. They go home the next day before the king arrives. A hundred people line up from the village with a cup of wine. And there before them in the center square is a vat up some steps. And each one, one by one, walks up the steps, pours their cup of wine in a small hole in the vat. And after all 100 have poured their cup of wine, the vat is full, the king arrives, and the people announce, we have a gift. We've made for you our finest wine. They hand the king a cup. He pours some wine, takes a drink, but it is only water. What happened is each person went home and said, I'm not giving my best. Somebody else will make wine and I'll just pour water in. But each person said the same thing, and all 100 villagers brought only water because they didn't want to make any sacrifice. Jesus calls us to that place again, like David said, I won't offer him a sacrifice that costs me nothing. And in the story, the king is dishonored. The people are embarrassed because they failed to offer truly themselves. Leviticus 19, 19. What does it mean? Do not mate different kinds of animals. Do not plant your field with Two kinds of seeds do not wear clothing woven of two kinds of material. Is the Bible, is the scripture, is the inspired word about crops in a field? Mixing wool and cloth like cotton. Always and ever, the message is what's taking place internally. Why two kinds of seed? Why two kinds of material? Why the concern about mixing different species? Because the picture is a spiritual one. And it's about you and I on the inside that we don't mix our life with sin. That we don't mix the unholy with the holy. That we don't mix darkness and light. It's a metaphor to not mix and be intertwined with sin. As Paul would say, 2 Corinthians 6, Come out from them, be separate. Touch no unclean thing. And I will receive you, says the Lord. Come out from them and be separate. The picture being painted by Moses, do not mix different types of material, is a metaphor. Don't mix your life with sin. Don't mix the two seeds together is a picture of don't intermingle darkness and light. Compromise with your commitment, John Eckerd had different eyes. After that conversation with Chuck Colson, he walked back to one of his drugstores and walked down the aisle. And he passed the magazine rack, and he saw some magazines there. They were inappropriate. He immediately called the president of the company and said, I want those magazines out of our stores today. The president said, we have almost 2,000 stores. Those magazines profit us $3 million a year. And John Eckert said, I don't care. I want them out today. Word got back to Chuck Colson, who called John Eckert. He said, what an incredible testimony. Do you mind if I share that publicly at my next speech? And John Eckert said, absolutely not. And Chuck Colson said, three million dollars, just like that. And John Eckert said, it wasn't even a choice. Different eyes now, different heart, different thought, different focus. Not mixing Intermingling with the things of the world. Back to Matthew 27, verse 20 says, The chief priest and the elders persuaded the multitudes they should ask for Barabbas. Destroy Jesus. The governor said, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? And those famous words they uttered, Give us Barabbas. What do we know about Barabbas? If you go to Acts chapter 3, Peter is preaching after Pentecost when the crowd see the change in the disciples and say, I want that. Where did we go wrong and how do we get that? And Peter, verse 13, says to them, The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified His servant Jesus. Notice it says, You handed Him over, rejected Him before Pilate." even though he had decided to release him. Pilate several times said, I find no fault in this man. And the crowd said, give us Barabbas. But Jesus is innocent. Give us Barabbas. Peter continues when he says this. You rejected the holy and righteous one. Here's the key. And you asked that a murderer be released to you. The contrast here could not be more stark. There is the holy and righteous one, and there is the murderer. And what did people choose? Again, the picture being painted is not about seeds, crops, material. It's about choices between light and darkness. Do we choose the righteous one, or do we choose that selfishness and sin? Go back to this statement here when you get to Leviticus 14. Again, we won't read this, but dozens of verses about mold. To inspect it, to clean it, to then inspect it again, to see if it's spreading. Over and over verses about mold and how important it is to remove it. Is it simply a study in hygiene? Scripture, again, always, never. It's about the internal Why so much concern in Leviticus about mold? Is it really a book out of touch with today? Or does it speak exactly to our hearts? Well, where does mold grow? It grows in the darkness. Where does mold spread? It spreads in the darkness. Where does mold die? When it's brought out into the sunlight. Who do you choose? Barabbas, self and sin? Or Jesus, the one they call the Christ? The greatest mission field, Billy Graham says, is the church because people go week in and week out with no thought for the truth and the choice there before them between us and each of us has to say, I want the mold out of my life. I want the sin that so easily stains and spreads destroys. I want to leave the darkness, step into the light where Jesus says then He takes our sin and we bear it no more. Chuck Colson said the next thing that happened with John Eckerd, he started to contact hundreds of other drugstores to encourage them to remove these offensive magazines. He said, these are darkness. They're infecting people's minds. He said out of the countless letters that he wrote, the number of responses he got back. Absolutely zero. However, something happened people started to show up at Eckerd Drugs more and more because they appreciated the stance and that they could walk into the store without concern for what they might see on a magazine rack. And business started to grow for Eckerd Drugs. So after a few months, he sent out some more letters to encourage other drugstores to once again consider removing these magazines From their stores. What was the result? Within one year, 11,000 drugstores pulled that material off their shelves. Before each of us, day to day, moment to moment, as we leave here this morning. Same choice, same choice that was there 2,000 years ago. Whom do you choose? Barabbas, sin and self, or Jesus, the one they call the Christ.